Well, hey there, everyone. My name is Trent Dry, and I'm the senior pastor of China Grove First Baptist Church, and welcome to our Sunday morning Bible study. I'm so grateful that you've decided uh, to watch this, whether you're watching it on Sunday morning or later in the day or later in the week. Know that we welcome you, and we're glad that you are a part of this time together. Uh, if you have your Bibles, let me invite you to Nehemiah chapter 2, Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. We're in the third week of our series, Rebuild and Restore, a look at Nehemiah. And as we keep walking through the, the historical book of Nehemiah, we are seeing how God uses ordinary people like Nehemiah and like Ezra and like others to do extraordinary things. The story started uh, back in Nehemiah chapter 1, of course, but it started as with a conversation. Nehemiah is the cupbearer to King Artaxerxes, and one day his brother comes from Judah. And this is a conversation that is going to change Nehemiah's life. It's going to lead him to change course and to change direction. You see, Nehemiah is a man who is passionate about following God. He knows the scriptures. He is faithful to the Lord. But he's also a man who is passionate about, who is passionate for God's people. He has a passion for people. And when he hears that the people of Judah are still in distress and that they're still helpless and in disgrace, he is heartbroken. And in that moment, we see that Nehemiah's passion for people aligns with God's passion for people. And Nehemiah's purpose in life aligns with God's purpose for his life. And he's going to begin to prepare and to pray. And last week we saw that prayer. Uh, we saw that his prayer consisted of a prayer of adoration where he just focused his attention on God. He just praised God for who he was and for his covenants and for keeping his promises. He then confessed his sins to God. Because revival cannot take place without the confession of sin. But it is God who we need to confess our sins to. And then it was a prayer of supplication and intercession. He, he asked God, he prayed, grant me success and grant me favor in the eyes of the king. And so today we're going to continue and pick up our story in chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. And as we pick up the story, let me ask you a question. How many of you like to wait? How many of you are really patient? Now, I know some patient people. Uh, I know there's a lot of patient people out there, but I'm not one of them. Uh, I really struggle with patience. I don't like to wait in long lines. Uh, in fact, we were able to go to Disney on a family vacation last October, uh, and we utilized those fast passes as much as possible. In fact, if we didn't have a fast pass and the line was really long, it was very unlikely we were going to get to ride that ride, because I'm just not one to wait in long lines. Uh, but there was one ride that I really wanted to, to experience. It was the new Star Wars ride in Galaxy's Edge, because I'm a Star Wars fan. I love it. I uh, even read the comic books and everything. Uh, but I wanted to go ride Smuggler's Run. Well, we didn't have a fast pass. And so what we decided is we were going to wake up early. Uh, they had these early magic hours. And so we woke up early, and we were in the park by 6 a.m. And at 6 a.m., it was a 90-minute wait, and I'm not a patient person, so we didn't wait. We went and did something else, but it actually ended up really good because me and my daughter got to ride Rock and Roller Coaster back to back to back because there was nobody in line for that, 
uh, we could just walk right through and get right on. And so it was, it was a good experience. My daughter loved it. And we had a, a good time riding some of the other rides where there were short lines. But I'm just not a patient person. I'm not someone who likes to wait. Uh, maybe you can relate to that. Uh, maybe you've had to wait on a spouse or on a family member. Uh, Sunday mornings can be quite stressful for us. Um uh, because I'm usually ready before everybody, and I'm ready to go, and I have to wait. Uh, I'm getting better, though. I'm getting better uh, at being patient. You know, I know there's uh, one couple who we know, uh, the wife really likes, not, not us, but there's a couple that we know the wife really likes to talk, and the husband demonstrates great patience, because he'll just go sit in the car, put his hands on the steering wheel, and he waits for as long as it takes. He never says anything. He never gets impatient. He just waits. But you know, waiting and being unable to wait and having a lack of patience is certainly a reflection of our culture. Uh, we live in an instantaneous, we want it our way and we want it now kind of culture. We have the fastest internet possible and you see it advertised over and over. You know, we went from 3Gs to 4G. Now we have 5Gs for super fast speed and we used to get 5 megabytes. Now we can get 100 megabytes and of download speed. And so we just, we're living in this our culture where waiting is just really hard. Amazon Prime, get your package in two days instead of five days. And, uh, and that's good because I don't like to wait. You know, I order some books and I want them here quickly. Um, and so, you know, we do that. And so sometimes, but, but for some people, waiting is seen as a waste of time. The old saying goes, why put off till tomorrow what you can do today? But there are, and, and that's true in a lot of cases, but in some cases, waiting is not a waste of time. It is an investment of time because sometimes we must wait. Sometimes we have to wait for that position to open up at that job. Sometimes we have to wait to hear back from our application to whether we got into that school or not. Uh, sometimes we have to wait for this and wait for that. It doesn't, it, we don't always have what we want instantaneously. You see, Nehemiah has a deep desire to help rebuild the walls around Jerusalem, to finish the work that was started 70 years ago. But he can't just jump right in. He's got to get permission from a, from a king. And to get permission from a king, he's got to ask the right question, and he's got to do it at the right time. And so he must wait. But he doesn't waste his time while he's waiting. He, is vest, he invests his time in preparation and in prayer. You see what Nehemiah is doing between chapter 1 and chapter 2 is this. He is patiently prepared for God to open the right door at the right time. He is patiently preparing for God to open the right door at the right time. That way, when that door opens, he can boldly and courageously walk through that door. So this is where we pick up the story in Nehemiah chapter 2. Verse 1, in the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was before him, I took up the wine and gave it to the king. Now I had not been sad in his presence. And the king said to me, why is your face sad, seeing you are not sick? This is nothing but sadness of heart. Then I was very much afraid. I said to the king, let the king live forever. Why should not my face be sad when the city, the place of my father's graves, lies in ruins, 
and its gates have been destroyed by fire. Then the king said to me, What are you requesting? So I prayed to the God of heaven, and I said to the king, If it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in your sight, then you send me to Judah, to the city of my father's graves, that I may rebuild it. And the king said to me, the, the queen sitting beside him, How long will you be gone, and when will you return? So it pleased the king to send me when I had given him a time. And I said to the king, If it pleases the king, let letters be given me to the governors of the province beyond the river, that they may let me pass through until I come to Judah. And a letter to Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, that he may give me timber to make beams for the gates of the fortress of the temple, and for the wall of the city, and for the house that I shall occupy. And the king granted me what I asked, for the good hand of my God was upon me. Listen to those last words, for the good hand of my God was upon me. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word of God. May it help us to live the life you have called us to live. Father, grant us understanding this today so that we may apply this word to our life. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So if you remember back to chapter 1, it was in the month of Keslev when Nehemiah's brother shows up. And that's the month of November or December. We're now in the month of Nisan in chapter 2, and that's March or April. For four months, he waited for the Lord to open the right door at the right time. So we're, we're looking at a four-month time frame where Nehemiah was serving the king, where he was having day in and day out with this broken heart, with this burden. He was having to go in and, and continuously do his job and to work uh, maybe even pretending nothing was wrong. And, and so day in and day out, he lived this life. But I imagine that every morning when he woke up, he prayed the same prayer. Lord, if today is the day, open the door and give me courage and boldness to walk through it. It wasn't a waste of time for Nehemiah was doing something. See, he was waiting patiently and he was diligently preparing to walk through that door. He was investing his time in things like prayer and preparation. Um, as we begin to see, as you and I begin to see the needs around us, and as God stirs in our hearts and opens our eyes, let's be sure that we follow God's timing. You know, let's be sure that we don't run ahead of what God wants us to do. It could be God saying, hey, today is the day. You know that need I've revealed to you? Today's the day to act. But it could also be God says, no, there needs a little, to be a little bit more prayer and a little bit more preparation. So we have to be careful not to run ahead of God's perfect timing. But we also have to be uh, careful not to stay behind. You know, we have to see the door open and we have to walk through it when it opens. And the way we see that door open is through prayer and preparation. Listen. Uh, something that's very real for you and I is uh, you searched for two and a half years for a pastor uh, and you prayed and you prepared and you sought after God and you 
got ready for that door to be open. And, and during that same two and a half years, guess what I was doing? I was praying and preparing for the right door to open at the right time. And when those doors opened for China Grove and, and for me, we just boldly and courageously knew that we could walk through that door because God was going to bring us together and use us to impact our communities. And so now we're continuously praying and preparing for other doors to open that we can share the gospel with our friends and our neighbors and uh, our co-workers. You, you know, when we experience times of waiting, it can be frustrating. And so some things that I hold tight to in the word of God is this. Man, Ruth 3.18. Ruth 3.18 says, wait, my daughter, until you learn how the matter turns out. Sometimes we have to wait. Or Psalms 46, be still, know that I am God. Sometimes we have to be still and say, you know what? God, you're God, I'm not. When the time is right, you'll let me know. Psalm 27.14, wait for the Lord. Be strong, let your heart take courage, wait for the Lord. Psalm 37, 7, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. If you're waiting on something today, let me just encourage you to wait with faith, trusting God's plan and God's purpose. As you wait, patiently prepare for what God has in store for the next season in your life. You know, the last six months have been incredibly stressful for a lot of people, for churches, for businesses, for individuals. Uh, and we've been waiting for this pandemic to end. We've been waiting for life to return back to some sense of normalcy. And as we wait, we need to prepare. Because on the other side of this pandemic, I believe are going to be great opportunities to do some amazing work for the kingdom of God. In fact, I think those opportunities are already starting to present themselves. I believe this pandemic has taught the church many lessons. And during a season where we weren't as active as we would like to be, we have prayed and we have prepared for what God wants us to do on the other side of our circumstances. And as we begin to get to that time, let us be ready to boldly and courageously Walk through those doors. Doors. Let us pray for new ideas. Let us seek new ways to reach new people. Let us seek God's vision and God's direction for the future as God rebuilds and restores. Not just a nation, but the world. So when the doors open, be ready to walk through it. And be ready by patiently preparing and praying. But we also see that Nehemiah boldly walked through the door when it was open. You see, this day was very much different than any other day the last four months. We're unsure exactly what made it different. Maybe it was his burden was so great that he just could not hide his sorrow anymore. One commentator points this out. He says that Persian kings regularly had special feasts. At certain feasts in the year, the Persian king would show special generosity. The feast may have been related to the new year since Nisan is the first month of the Persian calendar. Now, Nehemiah would have known this, so it's quite possible this was a New Year's celebration. 
and that Nehemiah knew the king would be extra generous. And so again, Nehemiah had waited on God to reveal the right time and the right way to request of the king that he go rebuild the walls. Uh, now, this was a huge risk that he took. I mean, King Artaxerxes would have not wanted to be around any Debbie Downers. He would have been insulated from unhappy people. He would have been insulated from sick people, depressed people. These dictator-type kings wanted to be happy all the time. And the people who worked for him wanted him to be happy because an unhappy king means bad things. Okay, so Nehemiah was taking a huge risk by showing sadness. But think about this. The king, the king also says, you don't appear to be sick. Now, what does the cupbearer do? Nehemiah taste the wine before handing it to the king. If Nehemiah would have been sick, the king would not have wanted to drink that wine. And so the king's very observant. He's very, he's very on guard. He's like, hey, you're the cupbearer. My life is in your hands. Why are you looking so sad? Maybe in the king's mind, it's like, are you plotting against me? Have you turned on me, Nehemiah? Why do you look so sad? But see, for Nehemiah, this was the door. See, the door was cracked just a little bit. And so his, Nehemiah's response to this is, is just so fantastic. First of all, he, he's afraid. Well, that's a natural response. You know, we can pray and we can prepare and we can wait. But when that door opens, it's natural for us to experience fear. It's okay. And it's okay for us to be scared. Why? Because sometimes walking through that door means leaving our comfort zone. Sometimes walking through that door means changing something. And that can be hard, and that can be scary. Sometimes walking through that door means we are risking persecution, we are risking rejection, we may even be risking our own life like Nehemiah was. If this goes badly, then Nehemiah could lose his life. One thing we also know is if you read in Ezra 4, Artaxerxes is the king who ordered the construction that was taking place in Jerusalem to be stopped. Now, later on, he would change his mind, and the temple would be finished. And Nehemiah would have known that Artaxerxes has shown hostility to the Jewish people in the past. So I wonder what his mood is going to be on this day. But even though he is afraid, Nehemiah faithfully and courageously and boldly, I might add, responds and walks through the door. You see, courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is the ability to walk through the door even though you are afraid. His second response is this. He affirms his allegiance to the king. And I don't think there's anything wrong with this. He probably has a friendship with the king. Him and the king have worked closely together. He says, king, live forever. This also shows his passion for other people. He doesn't want any harm to come to the king. He doesn't want the king to be overthrown or killed. He says, king, live forever. This also puts the king's mind at ease. He says, no, no, I'm not trying to overthrow you. I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm just sad. I want you to live forever. In fact, I need you to live forever because I need your help. And so then his third response is he gives an explanation. He explained that his people, where his fathers, where his family is buried, are still helpless and living in disgrace because the walls are still broken down. 
He says, why should I not be sad? My city's in ruins. And then the door that was maybe cracked is getting ready to fly wide open because the king responded, what do you want? What do you want? And I love what happens after that. Nehemiah said a quick prayer. He prayed. You ever had those moments you just got to say these quick prayers? The first thing he did before he went into great detail about what I believe is a prepared response is he prayed. He shows he is completely dependent upon God Almighty to have the right words. He is completely dependent on God to move in the heart of this king to grant him permission to do what needs to be done. He prayed. You know, there have been times in my life where people have asked me questions or I've had opportunities to share the gospel and I've had to say these quick prayers. And as opportunities come your way, rely on God and say a quick prayer. And Nehemiah probably, we don't know exactly what he prayed, but it may have went something like this. God, here's the door I've been waiting for. Give me the words. Give me the passion. And Father, grant me success. Move this king's heart so I can accomplish what you have called me to do. Last week I shared with you a quote from Hudson Taylor. I'll summarize it today, but it said that through prayer, God can move men. And this week we see that truth play out. God had worked in the heart of this secular king. And at the right time, God's servant makes the right request. And we notice the fifth response is he had a prepared request. As you read all of this, you see that he had a plan already in place. He had the time frame for the project already set. He requested the appropriate resources. He asked for letters so that he could have safe passage. He asked for letters to get the timber that he needed. You see, the door opened, and he boldly and courageously, with faith, walked right through it. When the door opens, do not be caught off guard, brothers and sisters. Be ready. Be ready. 1 Peter 3.15, But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that is in you and do it with gentleness and respect. Always be ready to tell people your story. Always be ready to share the gospel. Always be ready for those divine appointments in your life. 2 Timothy 4.2 Preach the word. Be ready to do it, whether it is convenient or inconvenient. Correct, comfort, and encourage with patience and instruction. Be ready to share the gospel and preach the word of God, even if it's convenient or inconvenient. And, and you may be thinking, well, I'm not a preacher. Well, you might not be called to stand on a stage and, and preach to crowds of people. But everyone is commissioned to be a disciple to make disciples. Everyone is commanded to go share and spread the gospel. And you may not know how to do that. And I hope as we do ministry together, we're able to equip each other and to encourage each other and to learn how to do that together. But I can tell you an easy way is to share your story. Be prepared to tell people how God has changed your life. Be prepared to say, you know, I was a sinner. 
And God saved me from my sins through faith alone, by grace alone, in Jesus Christ. And so we need to be prepared to tell people about the love of Christ. We have to be ready to share our stories. So when the time is right, know that God has gone before us and he is with us and he will grant us success. You need to know that too. What is the last words of the Great Commission? Lo, I am with you always. We are not called to do this by ourselves. We have a helper, the Holy Spirit, to empower us, enable us to share our stories, who will give us the words we need. Because look in verse 8 of Nehemiah, chapter 2. The gracious hand of my God was upon me. The gracious hand of God was upon me. And the king granted my request. You see, Nehemiah was prayed up, he was prepared, and he was faithful. And God did the work. Listen, God's got a job for all of us to do. We just need to be faithful servants. We need to use the gifts and the talents that he has given us to faithfully and courageously and boldly walk through every door that God opens for us. And so as we wait for that job to open up or as we wait for that position or as we wait for that opportunity to share the gospel, let us prepare and let us pray. Let us wait for the right door to be open at the right time. Church in China Grove, let us pray and prepare for the day that God opens a door for us to impact our community with the gospel. That door is maybe open today. It could be open tomorrow. Maybe it was open last week. We just got to walk through it. God said, it's time to go. Let's go. But if God says, wait, then let us pray and let us prepare. As we come to the end of this COVID pandemic, let us prepare for ministry to be a little different. Let us prepare for the church to be called upon to do new things, all in the name of Jesus Christ, all with the goal of spreading the gospel to the nations as God rebuilds and restores a people. So today we patiently prepare for God to open the right door at the right time. We need to be ready to act because that door could be open at any time. Let me share with this. There may be another door opening for you today. Today God may be opening a door for you to come into a relationship with him. Today the door of salvation maybe is open See, today God may be saying, I'm ready to change your heart. I'm ready to have a relationship with you. I'm ready to restore you. You've been living life searching for answers. You've been looking for a way to rebuild your life and to restore the hope. Well, the only only restoration can be found in Jesus Christ. Today could be the day that you're called to make him the Lord of your life. If you would like more information on how to have a relationship with Jesus, there'll be some information at the end of this message. Please reach out to us, visit our website. We would love to communicate with you and disciple you and help you grow in your relationship with God. But maybe today you feel called to walk through a door that's been open. Well, respond in prayer and say, God, I'm going to walk through it. I'm going to walk through it. I'm going to walk through it. So today, let us patiently prepare for God to open the right door at the right time 
and let us boldly, courageously, and with faith walk through the door when it is open. God bless you.